there are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there, waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. Winter is a cruel beast. It has neither a belly to fill nor a death to outrun. Yet it devours without end, desperate to satiate a hunger that does not exist. It leaves its dead whole and untouched, its frost determined to starve even the rot that would otherwise take them. What began as a tool to test who is fit to survive another year is now just a game the gods play. I've watched them, taking bets on whether it will be the hare or the fox who emerges from their den in the spring. But this winter, it seems they have grown bored of their simple gambling and a bored god. Now that is the cruelest beast of them all. This winter, even the spirits, who are only barely not gods themselves, feel the chill of their boredom. The nymphs and the sprites and the demons that guard the middle realms, those places that are neither fully here or anywhere else, they were beyond winter's touch. Until now, and such a winter can drive creatures to cross into places where they do not belong. Deep in a nameless forest, a sacred place long forgotten, a raven sinks deeper into its feathers, a red deer roots for grass under the snow, and a demon watches an outsider enter his woods. A hunter wrapped so thickly in furs that the only thing giving him away as a human was the stench that followed him through the underbrush. For two days, the hunter tracked the red deer to this clearing where it grazed now out in the open, its bright red pelt and black antlers a stark contrast from the snow, an easy target. Despite its distaste for the gods, the raven couldn't help but admit that if it was entertainment they wanted... They knew how to get it. The bird and the demon watched as the human drew their last arrow, notched it, and pulled back on the bow with what strength they had left. Their movements were slow and shaky. A hunger like his was the only thing that could make a human forget. There was a price for killing in a place like this. Even as the stench of the hunter reached it, the deer continued to graze, the bowstring slipped from the hunter's weak fingers too soon. But the deer took a step forward, and what would have been a miss turned into a killing blow. The hunter fell to their knees and thanked the gods for their favor. But the gods were not listening. They, like the raven and every other beast of the forest, were watching the white plumes of the deer's final breaths fade first into wisps, and then into nothing. The raven hopped back and forth on its perch, squawking and flapping as the bow was traded out for a long, skinning knife. 
Working quickly, the hunter freed the lower leg bones and hooves from the steaming red hide. They left the dew claws intact to secure the knots that they tied in the flaccid sections of pelt. Using the straps they made from the deer's legs, the hunter pulled the beast onto their back and carried it to their side of the woods, leaving a trail of boot prints and blood in the snow. The forest demon wrapped himself tighter in his roots to stave off the cold. Back in his village, the hunter lifted the deer onto a large, stained hook outside his stone house and pulled out his knife. With it held in his hands, he brought it above his bowed head, and he and his children called out a thanks to the gods for saving his family from the harsh winter. His wife placed a bowl under the deer's black antlers and stepped back. They all watched, eager and proud, as the hunter sliced the deer's neck from one side to the other. Dark red blood, chilled in the deer's veins, oozed from the cut. This the hunter expected, but he stepped back from the dead deer on his hook, when from somewhere deep within the beast's neck, a gurgled laughter rose up its throat and bubbled out from its mouth, spraying the frozen ground with red. Then a squirming began within the deer, stretching the pelt outward as something within sought a way out. The hunter reached for his axe and uttered hushed prayers. Above him, a raven lifted its beak to the icy moon and let out a long, croaking caw into the night. When it was done, it snapped its beak shut and flew just past the firelight's edge, where it landed on the demon's sagged shoulder. You believe your gods will help you, said the demon, only because you haven't seen what manner of things they've put on this earth alongside you. You are no favorite of theirs. Unlike the raven, whose feathers flashed purples and blues in the moonlight, the demon's form rejected reflection as it shifted and changed. Then the guardian of the forgotten forest, starved down to his roots, reached a gnarled hand towards his kin and grabbed a fistful of her red pelt. He pulled and the skin slipped from the deer and it fell to the ground with a wet slop. Under the pelt was no carcass. It was a woman bent and curled up unnaturally. Her smile was wide as she unfurled, but it grew wider when she saw the man holding his axe. Her eyes were still that of a deer and the black antlers jutted from her forehead. My loves, she said to the raven and the demon, as hungry as you are and you still waited for me? You led us to them, my dear, and it is you we still follow. The raven snapped its beak in agreement with the demon, but the hunter, with the taste of survival still on his tongue, swung his axe with a battle cry and buried its edge deep in the woman's chest. She fell to her knees, blood pouring down her naked body in a sheet of red. It pooled around her, freezing the moment it touched the frigid ground. The raven shrieked and flew to its mother. With its sharp beak, it began to pluck and rip the flesh from her face before it could go cold and stiff. Behind them, 
The sons had picked up their axes and chipped away chunks of the demon's dry roots and branches. The humans swung their weapons until they could no longer swing, and although they were still hungry, they were alive. But the demon was right. The gods have no favorites, and they would offer the hunter and his family no help against what came next. Just as she emerged from the flesh of the deer, the woman, a nymph of the rot, slipped out from the shredded skin on her face in her true form. The cold blood at her feet dried and turned to dust. She screamed at the sight of her love's broken bark and branches, and at her touch, the sun's bones turned soft and brown and spilled from their flesh that was now merely discolored foam. She first had her fill of their decay before she watered the splintered remains of her demon from the throats of the hunter and his wife, leaving the rest of them for the raven. Have your fill, as she cradled the demon as he re-sprouted. In surviving this winter, there are only those who eat and those who die, and there is a price for crossing into places you do not belong. Hello everyone. In between stories, we'd like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For January, we decided to highlight the Southern Poverty Law Center. This is a nonprofit that is dedicated to seeking justice, battling bigotry, and promoting equality. For over five decades, they've tirelessly worked towards dismantling hate and intolerance in all its forms. You can find out more and donate at www.splcenter.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there, not to stop them but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. This story was submitted by an anonymous user from Reddit. It's been a year since the death of a close friend. He died in a famous plane crash. I don't know if I could call it paranormal or anything, I experienced an incident that happened to me two weeks before his death. We went on a trip to do some bird watching. We planned on doing some LSD in the evening that day. All five of us took a dose of what I believe to be 200 UG. I don't really know much about this stuff, so not sure if that is a normal dose. It was my third time and my friend's first, and turned out to be his last. The LSD trip was a blast, but it was later at 3am that scared the shit out of me, and still does. During the trip, something about him was just off. He was lost in his thoughts sometimes and making weird faces. We didn't mind much as it was his first time. At around 2.30am we headed to our room. 
There are two rooms to accommodate five of us. There were two beds in the room where all five of us were hanging out and talking. The effects were wearing off now and we turned off the lights. It wasn't pitch black as there was a street light outside. My friend was beside me in the same bed and the rest of us were making jokes and laughing uncontrollably, but he was quiet the whole time. As he was beside me on the bed, I turned my head away from him and saw this thing. I couldn't make out if it was one of my friends or someone else standing next to me, but it was this entity. It was a dark figure like a foot taller than us. It was less about seeing it and more that I was feeling it, and I felt like it was looking through me at my friend. I said it out loud, I think there's death beside me. The guys on the other bed laughed it out, but the one next to me was still quiet. I froze up. I still could feel the thing beside me, and I didn't want to be there, and I was totally frozen. After some time, we just went to bed. I couldn't sleep and just waited for the morning. In the morning, I convinced myself it was the drugs playing tricks on me. Only after what happened to my friend two weeks later, I believe what I saw was not some hallucination, but death itself. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anadine Vaughn and Cameron Helquike. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gate.